Welcome to Purpose 360. I'm Carol Cohn, and today more than ever before, companies, brands, and their partners need to stand for something beyond the bottom line. I've created this program to provide insights and ideas to share with you so that you can apply them to your work the very next day. The goal here is to up-level your purpose and to benefit companies and society. So please join us. In today's podcast, I was delighted to interview senior executives from 3M. 3M, as you may know, might be your Post-it notes, or it might be your Scotch tape, or it might be your Scotch Bright, or if you've got a horse, it might be your vet wrap that you put on his legs. Well, 3M is a $32-plus billion global company with almost 100,000 employees. What we found in this fascinating conversation today is the integration of sustainability and community engagement. These two areas coming together to support a very, very clear purpose and then activated in many profound ways. What you'll learn in this episode is about the integration of sustainability and community engagement. And you'll also hear in so many of Gail Schuler's and Michael Stroik's responses what authenticity really means in a company that has a clear purpose. And 3M's purpose? It's science applied to life. In every single product, and they have over 55,000 products, With 800 brands, they all have a focus to improve life with science for companies, for communities, for individuals. So join me in this episode. It's one you can't miss. Welcome to the show, Gail and Michael. Thank you very much, Carol. It's a pleasure to be here with Michael. Thank you both. I always love to start with the numbers. And you have a fabulous page in your sustainability report um, that's called 3M at a Glance. And it talks about the company's vision. But I really love the fact that in your brand, it's 3M, science, period, applied to life. And that your CEO, Mike Roman, who has been at the company, I believe, for over 30 years. He started in 1988. He's always talking about improving lives. So let's just see how 3M does that. You have sales in 200 countries. You have $1.9 billion, with a B, dollars spent annually in research and development. 120,000 patents and over 55,000 products that you sell. And I see that you um, innovate to deliver about 1,000 new products a year. Your sales are over 32 billion. You have almost 100,000 employees globally. You have over 200 sites. You have four business units that are safety and industrial, transportation and electronics, healthcare and consumer. I have to say that right now I've got some post-it notes from 3M surrounding me with the uh, key props for this interview. Um, Scotch-Brite, I used a lot of your vet wrap on my horse. And then you have tons and tons and tons of industrial products that are just too many to go into here. 
but it's just wonderful that you're always innovating to improve products that are going to um, apply to people's lives and give them a better life. In a recent interview with Katie Couric, your CEO, Mike Roman, was asked, what is the secret sauce of 3M? He replied, our innovation with a smile. But then he talked about the company, remember, $1.9 billion in R&D annually, that technology comes from 3M's people and that 3M's culture encourages their people to be their best. And one of the things, I don't know if our listeners know this, but 3M has a philosophy, and they had this back in the 80s when I worked with them, that 15% of the time of their technologists and their scientists was given to them to tinker, to try new things, to innovate. And now today, with um, all of our digital platforms, the company also has, in addition to the 15%, a tech forum where there are over 10,000 scientists and technologists can talk with each other from around the world, can share data, can share insights. So I think that's another wonderful engine that drives the incredible innovations from 3M. So let's get into our interview. A little bit of background from both of you to start. Gail, can you talk about your background, which is quite unique? You're a PhD in materials science. That's true, Carol. Um, I have my undergraduate degree in physics, so I'm a physicist. That's kind of how I approach things first. And then I have a PhD in material science. I came straight to 3M after getting my PhD and started in our corporate labs, developed new technologies that ended up being of interest for new products, transferred into a business along with my technologies, helped develop new products for that electronics business. Um, I've worked across business and technical lines uh, most of my career in electronics and healthcare and consumer products. And I've even um, done quite a bit of work internationally, whether it's leading global teams from the United States for, into Asia and Europe and Latin America, or actually doing a stint where I, was, where I was the managing director for our 3M Mexico subsidiary. One of the most exciting parts of my career, though, maybe the most exciting parts, is the role that I get to play now, as I serve as 3M's Vice President and Chief Sustainability Officer, guiding our sustainability strategy and how we really manage environmental, social governance aspects around the world um, to to fulfill our, our vision and our purpose and with the idea of improving every life. So I'm tremendously honored to work across all of the businesses you recommended and mentioned around the world and to collaborate with folks like Michael. So Michael, why don't you share your background with our listeners? Absolutely. Yeah. So I have a a business background by education. So I studied finance in my undergraduate degree and went on to work at Target Corporation based right, right here in the Twin Cities in Minnesota and fell in love really fast uh, with this idea of businesses being a force for good in society. Carol, a lot of the work you did led to my belief in this. So thank you for your influence there. You're welcome. I've worked as both a practitioner, uh, right, at Target in corporate community relations, uh, as well as a research consultant. So I worked as a research consultant for CECP, which is a leading nonprofit working in the corporate purpose space as well. And I joined 3M about five years ago uh, with the community relations team. We call ourselves 3M Gives, as you introduced before, and and I'm so pleased and inspired every day to work with 
really what I see as the world's greatest engineers, scientists, business leaders, and playing a role to help empower them to realize their purpose potential uh, and, and really maximize social impact around the world. So very excited uh, to be here to talk to you about that. And it's wonderful to have both of you because one of the core tenets of 3M is that you work in an integrated fashion. You are not in silos. And so can you talk a little bit about both of you about why this integration is important and then also just talk a little bit about how do you feel about 3M's purpose and the and this is a three-parter and the role the the high-level role you both get to play in bringing its purpose to life. So I'd be happy to talk about it. The collaborative culture at 3M is really what drew me to the company uh, decades ago. At this point, um, the idea that there are so many different aspects of technologies that come together, so many different markets. And the fact that the technology is owned at the center of the company and that anyone through that 15% culture that you mentioned at the opening can collaborate and spend time working with other colleagues across the enterprise. A technology that was developed for street signs may be used and is used for dental amalgams and for electronics packaging. Really innovative technology. And it couldn't be done by one person alone. So it started you know, with my background in technology, but now it's moved towards recognizing all the business collaboration. 3M couldn't be what it is with that diversity of portfolios and innovation without the collaborative approach. And that's where the purpose comes into play. When you go to our vision and you look at 3M innovation, improving every life, that's really the passion that brings 3Mers to work every day. But how can we make that difference? And I find it truly inspiring. I'm thrilled that in my role as Chief Sustainability Officer, I get to collaborate with people around the world to help them bring their purpose to work every day and advance at the corporate level. And so with that, um, I'll turn it over to Michael for his view as well. Yeah, thanks, Gail. I think that, you know, the one thing I'd add, I thought that was a great overview uh, of, of how this works at 3M. But, you know, we've learned time and again that this purpose is incredibly important to our people. Um, you hear this story a lot. I ask colleagues, what drew you to 3M? What keeps you at 3M? And it's that potential impact, right, that, that our folks can have on the world when we come together. It's those 51 technology platforms that you have access to, that I have access to as the community relations guy in the company, right? And access to the most talented scientists and engineers. And so we know our people are drawn to companies that are going to set them up for, for realizing this social impact. And that's why when we think of our culture at 3M, you know, we focus on innovating boldly. We focus on being powered by inclusion, unwavering integrity. These are what our people have really have said we believe in. And it also helps us to find success for the long run. You manage and direct over $70 million in community investments annually. I assume that's a correct number. Um, that's not a small number. Um, in addition to hundreds of thousands of employee engagement hours. So we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. But you both have critical, in today's world, transparent world, where you want the best and brightest, that you both play significant roles, as as Gail talked about, the passion to ignite and to connect uh, the passion that comes from the 15% culture, that comes from your 
purpose to certainly improve lives. And, and I love the way that you are such a bold proponent of science. So let me, I'm just going to turn to a little bit about popular culture right now, which is science is critically important for us during the pandemic. And um, there are some, you know, companies are coming out boldly in support of science. And I know you're always innovating because you also have this state of science index uh, that I think started a couple of years ago. And then it, that found that, what, 40 percent of, I guess, the uh, U.S. public didn't believe that science was was as important as it is. So how do you get that message across about the importance of science? There's many layers to that. Michael, one of the first ones that comes to my mind is the work that you and your team do around education and those types of efforts in the communities. Would you like to talk about that? So STEM education and equity within STEM is really our, our top focus area for community investment, but also that engagement of our, our people around the world, right? And, and, and we focus on that in a few ways. Number one, we focus on engaging students, young students, K-12 space in STEM exposure, right? Through after-school activities, through in-school programs. And our main goal is to help kids get interested earlier, early on. You talked about that state of science index. Yeah, that indicates there's some skepticism in pockets of our society, not just here in the United States, but across the globe on the merits of science. And so we hope to show how science can be applied, right, in meaningful ways to improving lives. And I can share a few examples uh, here with you today about how we do that. One is just through our people, right? Through 3M Visiting Wizards, the program where we encourage young people to become interested in science and technology and aim to raise interest in STEM. And these 3M Wizards are 3M volunteers set up with resources that we help provide to showcase interesting and fun science demonstrations, hands-on experiments with a variety of topics. And they go to schools, camps, museums, other areas where kids can engage in meaningful ways specifically around this. And then as you know, students grow older and get into high school and, and in this space, we, we support experiential learning opportunities for high school students because we think this is such an important crossroads for defining their future, right? And so, Carol, we saw that, you know, um, one of the podcasts I've listened to of yours in the past is the First Robotics Teams. We're a major sponsor of First Robotics all over the world. Thank you. We love them. We love FIRST. They're their client. Yep. Yeah, they do really fantastic things. And we partner with them to help young people discover and develop a passion for STEM through team sponsorship. They work in ways that's very collaborative, right? So they call it cooperation, where they bring the competition to this, but they also build this cooperative spirit where you're supporting your colleagues and engaging in different ways. And one of the things that we see in engaging with partners like this and taking these partners in is that it's some wild number. I don't have it in front of me, but something like 90% of these students who are engaged in this end up pursuing a STEM sort of major or some kind of pursuit within their career and their life. And so as we engage in equity in this space and encourage more girls to realize these dreams, more people of color and students of color who have been disinvested in so many ways, these are the types of partnerships that allow us to do that. And we invest uh, a significant amount of time uh, and money and resources to advancing these types of initiatives. And, and STEM is so important. And um, I encourage our viewers, our viewers, I encourage our listeners um, to go to the FIRST website because it's just so exciting to see all these young kids involved with their mentors and just inventing all sorts of robots. Um, and their goal is to truly have an impact on the world. 
I'm curious. It's wonderful, the deep commitment that you have to STEM. Um, How do you make sure that it's differentiated in terms of your community engagement as so many other companies are involved in supporting STEM, which is good, but you also want to have your own special sauce, so to speak. That's where we spend a lot of time listening and learning from our scientists, from our engineers who are these amazing innovators within our company and learning about how we can engage with students, with teachers in unique and vibrant ways. And through that listening, through that engagement of our people, we learn about the unique ways that we can show up in the schools, like through Visiting Wizards and through these different uh, uh, different initiatives as well. Um, so it's that internal listening, but I would also say that you need to lean on your partners. You need to learn how the field of education is evolving and taking partners uh, in school districts with one of our largest partners right here in St. Paul is in St. Paul Public Schools. We have regular conversations with the superintendent, Dr. Joe Gothard, and realizing that, that this field is changing, how they're approaching students and engaging students is so different than it was when I was a kid. And so um, that learning and, and ongoing curiosity has been very important to me and our, the rest of our community relations team as we've grown in this space. Regarding uh, the pandemic, I know that both on the product side as well as the employee side, because you understand your purpose so well, that you have had a rapid response around the globe. So, Michael, can you share with us what the company has done in terms of um, activating your employees further beyond your day-to-day STEM efforts? Yeah, and particularly uh, around COVID-19, our folks have stepped up in really meaningful ways. And I would, I would point to one, we've, we've, we've started as a company making uh, a large commitment uh, from a philanthropic standpoint. In April, we made a cornerstone $20 million investment uh, in terms of cash support, providing support directly to partners like Direct Relief that are out engaging directly with healthcare workers who are on the front lines working in this space. We supported medical R&D efforts among universities all over the world, here in the United States, but in countries and several continents around the world. Uh, and, and, and then there's also the heart of, of our investment as well, which is supporting those communities that are affected through our partnership with United Way. Now, our team has uh, a very strong approach around volunteerism called flexibility for volunteering. And we allow people to use their time and, and complete their work as they see fit with a, with a flexibility style and in, engage in volunteerism in similar ways. What we've seen is a huge demand and engagement around uh, e-volunteering and e-engagements with different partners conducted through our businesses and through our employee resource networks, which has been extremely powerful that we've, uh, something that we've seen directly overall. You know, one of the best ways that we've supported though is, is partners and leaders within our business from areas like our healthcare business group who stepped up and took supplies to develop medical shields, products that we don't even manufacture here in the United States. And they've made thousands upon thousands that they've donated directly to Direct Relief who works with community health clinics in meaningful ways. And so For us, this has been one of the ways that we can drive scale through the manufacturing that we're able to provide on products like this and the innovation and the expertise that we have within a healthcare business to develop these types of solutions. 
And Gail, can you share with us um, on the sustainability side and um, also touch upon the um, N95 mask, which became, I know that I, I think, I, I believe that Mike Roman did a very good job in terms of um increasing your production but also saying i know that portion went to the u.s and a portion went to affected places around the globe and i think he stood firm on that so can you share a little bit about what was it like living through that um and then any other sustainability actions that you took um to respond to covid Absolutely. So when we look at, we've been in businesses associated with human safety and medical solutions, healthcare for a very long time. And personal protective equipment is one of the core elements of that way of helping people around the world. In in our sustainability pillars, we have three pillars related to circular economy, climate, and community. In 2020, this seems to be the year of community. And COVID is front and center on that. So 3M is active in helping the world respond in addressing COVID-19. The U.S. and the global demand for PPE, personal protective equipment, continues to far exceed the supply for the entire industry. We have shifted our supply of personal protective equipment from mainstream industrials much more towards frontline workers and health public health and government responses to the pandemic all around the world, starting in China and going to the all of the parts of the world that we address. We are making more respirators than ever before. Since January, 3M has doubled our N95 respirator production on a global basis. We've delivered 800 million million respirators all around the world with over 400 million right here in the United States. By the end of this year, in 2020, we will deliver 2 billion respirators globally with half of those in the United States. Uh, it is... Herculean. Yes. Um, you know, we've increased from 33 million in the production in the United States to 50 million right now. And we expect by October, we will be up to 95 million and 95 respirators per month in October, effectively tripling the amount that we had in, back in February. The, the other thing that you did, which goes to show your holistic, very thoughtful approach, is that you also had fraud efforts because I think that there was distrib distribution that was maybe gray marketed to the wrong place. Um, and, and can you talk a little about your protection of and the of the integrity of your products and making sure it got into the right hands? Yeah, absolutely. It's um, an unfortunate reality that today in the world, um, people, some people choose to do negative things to to um, get themselves ahead and fraud of things as important as life-saving devices like N95 respirators is a reality today. 3M has been steadfast in going after, we, we understand our product very well, and we are going after uh people who try to um, misrepresent it, uh, who try to misrepresent a solution from 3M that is not a 3M product. So we have been very strong in going after both fraudulent efforts and any price gouging that might be happening in the area. We have not raised our prices and we are committed uh, to making sure that the right materials are getting to the right people all around the world. It, 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 that is so indicative of your values and your purpose in action. Um, in your Q2 um, analyst uh, call, 
Um, another, I just want to point out this number. You secured the removal of more than 7,000 counterfeit websites and more than 10,000 false or deceptive social media posts. So kudos to you. I mean, I think that, you know, your values are so strong and they guide you so, so well. So I, I think that, you know, most people, if you don't dive into this, you won't know, know about 3M, but there's so much depth beyond that 3M logo. Michael, let's talk about, as we talk about passion, let's talk about your employee engagement. Um, and, you know, you talked about STEM. Can you talk about um, some other areas where you're getting your employees involved? And, and I saw that you've put a stake in the ground for this year. And in your sustainability report, you asked the question, how many problems can be solved in 300,000 volunteer hours? That's a huge focus for us at 3M. And 3M Impact is a signature initiative, one of two signature initiatives we have on our team that involves a set of skills-based volunteer service programs. These are put in place to empower 3Mers to lend their business skills, their experience, their energy uh, to make a difference in our community while also right developing their leadership, problem-solving skills, interpersonal skills, uh, inter intercultural understanding capacity, right? And the program was really developed as a result of employee feedback, requesting a platform from our employees to use their skills to help others. So this launched back in 2017. It is a flagship program set uh, in, in a few ways. Number one is the 3M Impact Global Program. This is in partnership with a great NGO based right in DC, Pixera Global. Uh, who partners with us to send 3Mers from around the world to an inter international location where the social need is great uh, and the work is relevant to our business. And so they're there for two weeks, and that's not vacation time, right? That's work time, but it's dedicated and donated to a nonprofit or a social enterprise or a university. And they collaborate full-time with these nonprofit organizations um, focused on social and environmental issues and, you know, as I mentioned, this serves as a, a community commitment and it, it, it involves that experiential learning for our people. And that's one of the things that we've learned has been a great business impact for us as we've partnered with leadership development around that. And, you know, one example of an engagement we have there is uh, that I like to talk about is an engagement with a social enterprise called Mimosa Tech in Vietnam. And they leverage Internet of Things to help save water and build sustainability in farming collectives within their communities. And so e leveraging a unique use of technology applied in an innovative way, that really speaks to us at 3M. And I will say that Gail and the sustainability approach and the sustainability mindset of 3M has really, in, 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 has really influenced us in the community relations side to consider engagements like this. And just to close, I would say that we, we've now branched out to different types of programs around 3M Impact, where we have 3M Impact local initiatives here in the Twin Cities, in Mexico City, in Philippines, in Costa Rica, and Brazil, where we uh, don't have that international inter, inter, intercultural lens, but it's right in your own backyard. How do you engage your people? How do we offer that time off that's paid for people to dedicate to initiatives like this? And it's allowed us to be agile as well. As we think about COVID-19 and the effect right here in the Twin Cities, we're working with Pixera Global on a new initiative to support community health clinics within this space as well. And so it's been a really powerful way to engage in the community. We've gotten great feedback from 
the community partners, but also from our people uh, who look to us for guidance in terms of how they can maximize their own personal impact. And uh, that's been very meaningful for me. What is your policy about uh, paid time off? Um, is it a set policy? Is it variable? I know that you're, um, the uh, 3M impact, the social impact work, what's like two weeks, but is it eight hours, 16 hours, 24 hours? Do you have a set policy? Our set policy is, is around flexibility for volunteering. So we have a flex schedule approach that we allow employees to use. We don't have a dedicated number of hours. Now, 3M Impact is a two-week program, but our guidance to managers who engage with their people on the time that they work in in these spaces is at least three days. And the three days comes from a volunteer match commitment program where we have where we match for 25 hours of service, which is right around that three days of service of work service that we have for an employee. We'll provide a $500 commitment to the nonprofit that an employee is working with here in the United States. And so that's the guidance that we provide specifically around that program. And then, you know, 3M Impact is the two weeks that you're actually pulled out of work to be dedicated to the nonprofit. But it's a 12-week program with virtual engagement and uh, kind of builds on that spirit of the 15% culture to allow people to dedicate a portion of their time to something that they find really important. Can you tell a story or two about an employee that has been involved in 3M Impact and I bet they come back really touched. Yeah, we've 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 heard a lot of stories about that touch and that that feel and that impact on a on a person overall. Where we get really excited is when we see employees, and we've seen this not just at our headquarters market, we've seen it out in our plants and our sites around the around the world. And one individual that um, that 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 we saw come back from his experience came to us and told us afterwards, "Hey, this inspired me to go take on a new job." experience, a new stretch experience within my own career. I never felt I could take this on before going to 3M Impact, being pulled so far out of my comfort zone and realizing what I was really capable of. And that's pretty powerful. When we heard that back, uh, that back Megan Pharisee is a leader on our team who leads the 3M Impact program and always shares that story with me. And we talk about that on a regular basis is how do we build on the success we've had, these little stories that we hear that have inspired people to take their lives in different directions and, and even their careers in different directions as well. You know, often sustainability is very left-brained. It's very scientific. It's very measured. It's, you know, you're, I know you've got wonderful goals in terms of um, being, you know, uh, 100% um, renewable energy and waste reduction and such. What's your favorite one or two stories about how sustainability has touched your colleagues? Um, we do think about sustainability in terms of being an effort and ambition towards improving every life. And so we do have our pillars and we talk about circular economy, we talk about climate, we talk about community. But it's really when, um, when it, it comes home to people that really makes a difference. One, one of the things I like to think about is as we've been advancing an effort on um, sustainability value commitments, we've brought in into play um, a requirement for every new product we launch must have a sustainability value commitment. So it has to have some way that it's advancing the greater good through the introduction of this product into the world. As we were going into that process, it seemed um, 
really ambitious and and um, potentially transformative in some areas. And I was a little nervous about how the teams would, how the, our new product development teams would react to that. And one of the things that's really meaningful to me that came back was in talking in a couple of different individual conversations where people said that that finally gave them, you know, pretty junior developers who are working on great science, but didn't feel comfortable bringing them whole, their whole self and their whole values to work in their specific technology driven responsibility. But when they had this sustainability value commitment, suddenly they could come in and ask questions that 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 brought on bigger context that sometimes we don't think about in the early phases. So what if we were to radically rethink this product? If we made a change such that it dramatically reduced our customers' carbon footprint, or we used raw materials that were something different from um, that could be made from uh, plants rather than plastics, uh, something that had a whole new way of thinking about the portfolio. There, there's been a lot of those different examples that have come forward where people have felt that this sustainability value commitment and a focus on talking about circularity, talking about climate, talking about how we make a difference in communities really brought forward um, a difference in the conversations that they're having in those earliest phases of new product development is how does this really help improve someone's life? And, um, you know, some of those products, it's pretty easy to do if you're working on something like an N95 respirator or in the healthcare space. But there have been times when you think about, I'm, I'm working on a new um, roofing granule. How can that really make a difference? In the case of the roofing granules, um, that inspired a team to really look at what was needed in the space and pulling smog out of the air or using a roofing granule. Um, it's inspired other teams, like we were talking before in the call, to look at how do we use renewable recycled materials in Thinsulate or Scotch-Brite sponges? Um, you know, how do we do things in really different ways? And um, when people come to me and they tell me about how that difference um, really allows them to to express themselves more fully at work, feel more of a purpose in the products that they're making and the way they're spending their days, that that's it just makes your heart feel warm. It's it's amazing to listen to both you and Michael. And when I go deeper on these tenets, these principles, that you you light up. Your personal passion comes through. Um, and I just hope our listeners understand this incredible insight. And what I'm seeing, Gail and Michael, is that, you know, you had the 15% commitment for forever. But it seems like the steps up the, you know, the really big change is, you know, 3M impact and really allowing people to go in the field or the social value commitment, which I love what you said, Gail, that, you know, it, it, it gave people permission to ask questions that they and also a greater focus on the 15 percent. Like, what could we do that could truly improve a person's life? So that that's, you know, um, you're up there with like the absolute gold standard leaders and, you know, in my heart, like the Unilevers of the world um, who are just embedding into their operations and their philosophies, um, guideposts to truly drive and, and activate the purpose every day. So 
it, it puts chills down my spine. So I'm, I'm so excited. Um, we don't have that much more time, but Gail, I'd love you to talk a little bit about, you've got science for circular, science for climate, and science for community as kind of an operating principle for your sustainability efforts. Can you touch on those three areas a bit? Sure, I'm happy to. And the story of how they came together is pretty exciting, too. We had when our CEO, Mike Roman, who you mentioned, um, came on as our CEO for the company, he really wanted to step up our efforts on sustainability and provide a new approach to how we would go after this that would really resonate with people around the world and be contemporary to today's expectations in the world and how 3M can really make an impact. So we brought forward leaders from all around the company, every different business group, every function all around the world, as well as um, an external perspective on what's most material for the enterprise. And we did come up with our strategic sustainability framework with the overall ambition of improving lives through science. And so science for circular is really about our commitment to design solutions that do more with less material to advance a global circular economy. You know, we talked about new raw materials, um, having 100% recycled insulate that fits into this portfolio. It's also where our sustainability value commitment resides. Science for Climate is our second pillar, and this is about promoting innovation to decarbonize industry, accelerate global climate solutions, and improving our environmental footprint. And when I say our environmental footprint, I mean collectively. We work with our customers and actually have a sustainability goal about helping our customers reducing hundreds of millions of tons of CO2 in, from the environment uh, through products ranging from lighter weight vehicles to more energy efficient electronics. And then finally, we get to our science for community, which is about creating a more positive world through science and inspiring people to join us. So creating a more positive world through the science that an N95 respirator delivers, that our wound care solutions provide, maybe even that post-it notes deliver. But it's also about inspiring people to join us, whether it's through STEM at the high school level, engaging with universities, or skills-based volunteerism and 3M impact projects. So there's a lot of different ways that we bring these together. And that three C's, if you will, the circular climate and community helps our framework come together, helps people speak a common language and engage across our products and our communities more broadly. I'm curious about how many people did you bring together um, from around the globe and then how long did it take for you to work together to develop the framework? Yeah, when we had done new sets of goals in the past, you know, we pretty we had typically, you know, set aside a year and a half to do that. Mike didn't give us that much time. We needed to get this done essentially in five months. And so we um, we had a we sent out an employee survey to 96,000 employees around the world to get feedback um, on what they thought was important. So that was a really important cornerstone and set of um, stakeholders for us to really understand from. And then we had approximately 25 people um, that were what I referred to as our dream team of the who's who in the company who could represent any of our, our key areas in a cohesive way to really um, bring that together. We um, had a series of engagement sessions that 
each person brought in their own perspective, shared their views. And then we went about how do we cohesively bring this together? Um, and we had a number of different scenarios. We brought them forward to our science, technology, and sustainability committee within the enterprise, which includes our CEO, our CFO, our chief technology officer, um, et cetera. And they helped us um, come to our final decision and proceed forward with the one that our team was leaning for from the beginning. But it was just a wonderful collaborative group aimed at how can we make a commit, how can we make a difference? And what is unique for 3M? With the diversity of our product portfolio, the global nature of our business, it was really important to us that everyone could feel engaged, that all 96,000 employees could be a piece of that sustainability effort and see it in their day-to-day job of where they could make an impact. Now, how did Mike's area integrate with that thinking? Mike, Mike was very engaged along through the process. Um, so he he's the, the leader of that um, committee internally. And um, and he made sure that his leaders were involved um, every step of the way. Each of them has had a specific designee that was representing their office and their area of responsibility among that 25 or so people that we included in the dream team, if you will. I would love to ask both of you, in terms of developing that framework, what were uh, maybe a couple insights on both of your sides to share with our listeners who there are many companies, especially during COVID, who are looking at their purpose and especially in the B2B world, because we did some research called the B2B Purpose Paradox, and we found 86% of companies in all sorts of various B2B sectors, from manufacturing to telecommunications, financial services, healthcare, and such, 86% said they had a stated purpose, but only 24% had it activated. Mm. And you have it. So the good news is... The B2B world is recognizing, especially the war for talent, especially the importance of truly, in, you know, providing clarity for direction and then inspiration for job performance, um, bring the whole individual to work. But you have done it so well. And obviously the company is what you're, you're coming on, I think, your 120th anniversary. So you got a lot of years to learn this. But one were two or three insights from both of your sides that said, this is how we applied them to make this integrated framework development work so well? Well, I would start with, it's a continuous improvement effort. So there's always, as much as we've, we we are proud of the things that we've done and the progress that we've made, but we're also so aware that there's so much more to be done. So having said that, a couple of insights that I think are really important are recognizing what's authentic and material to you as your enterprise, um, what's really relevant, and we, we try to work on that, and then keep it really aspirational. And then as the third, I would say, um, make sure that the employees, you asked about how we got the employee input and the surveys that we've done, the, the working group, we went back and followed on with employee working groups and gave them some thoughts, listened to them. Um, you know, I think that having something that's authentic to who you are, something that's really aspirational and engages those employees on things that they tell you they care about, those would be three areas that would be really valuable from my perspective. You know, I was actively involved in the Science for Community pillar development, and Gail did a great job of empowering all the great things 3M gives has been engaged in as a part of Science for Community. And 
I would I would align my, my insight is, is specifically to community relations is that, again, being authentic to who you are is the most critical thing that you can focus on because there are a million directions you can go and you talk to different stakeholders. Everybody has an opinion on what's best and all could be really good. I am a believer that to be great, you need to focus on who you are as a company, identify your core competency, capitalize on them. And really drive to that impact. And you know, going through the the framework development with Gail and her team, I think it's also really important. An insight I'd have is to go all in, study, always be learning, um, and be curious about your company and the role it plays in society. Um, you know, it's it's a great way to be, and it and it matters. And to ask the questions about why we're doing things, how we could do things better, is really important. And you know. I've learned that I have a lot to learn from the people internal to 3M, which is really fun, but also always looking externally. Um, organizations out there working right now, the tremendous focus in our society on equity and social justice. You have leaders like Michael McAfee at PolicyLink, right? Where I, I used to work for him and I've learned so much by staying connected to him on LinkedIn, leading the, reading the research, engaging and pushing myself to grow my muscle in the equity and social justice space to think about how do we apply that at 3M overall, those are those are important sort of elements to engaging in in our field in general, but in this space and in the journey we've been on, that's been really important to me. I'm glad you talked about um, you've talked about inclusion and equity because I just saw last week that 3M announced a new director of social justice strategy, and I'm not sure there's anyone that has that title or that focus in companies now. Um, so he's, um, it's Garfield Bowen. Um, he's been with the company, I believe for years. Um, and so, you know, I don't know if you, any of either of you had, um, input on this or if you didn't, how do you feel about, you know, this very focused action? I find it incredibly exciting. So Garfield is now our director of social justice strategy and initiatives. And he's responsible for driving cross-functional enterprise-wide efforts to develop and execute 3M's social justice strategies. Um, his initial focus is going to be on accelerating racial justice and equity at 3M and in our communities. And he's already um, already jumping in. He's collaborating with us. He's um, finding a lot of interest actually externally in learning more about this because I think you're right. It's a unique role and it's so exciting. Um, Mike Roman led an, an effort on a, a listening town hall huddle with, with a number of our key leaders related to social justice recently. And um, it's I think that that was the primary inspiration that brought this forward. And it's been really exciting to see 3M take a role like this. Garfield is such an amazing leader uh, in this mm -hmm. role now and driving us forward. I think, you know, to me, this is, uh, you know, we have been driving such great, uh, such a great leadership role around diversity and inclusion. Ananiya is our chief diversity officer and is leading such transformative work for us within 3M and, and, and in our community. She's on our board of directors along with Gail as well. And, but this rest, this almost like respects this difference between diversity and inclusion and social justice as well. Right. And it really signals this commitment that we have to consider those structural changes, both internal to 3M, but also in society that are going to be necessary to really drive true change in this space. And, uh, 
I just personally couldn't be more excited about Garfield's appointment uh, and the leadership he's going to bring to this space for us overall. It's a, it's a very timely appointment. I'm just curious, um, personally, you know, um, when George Floyd was killed and then the company, the country erupted with protests and such, you were at the epicenter, you know, uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul, you're the Twin Cities, the sister cities. Um, how was that for both of you um, living through that? It's a tough question. It was it was extremely difficult. Um this this shined a light in in Minnesota and in Twin Cities and in our country on on many of the inequities that we face that have been around and the disregard for human life and black lives overall. And so that was extremely difficult. Uh, it was it was also a moment for us. And Gail and I have talked about this. I've worked with her team. We're engaging in different ways to understand how do we build on our focus that we have explicitly called out equity, diversity, and inclusion for as a value both for our community relations and for our company overall. How do we bring that to life more intentionally? How do we take a step back and look at the role that we can play, right? In particular, we, as you mentioned at the opening of this conversation, we employ almost 100,000 people across the world. As you think about economic opportunity, you think about the role we play in designing factories of the future and the role that plays on, 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 on the future of work. We have a unique opportunity to invest and to engage in our communities in very intentional ways to help address inequities. Um, and so that was something that gave us great resolve. And I will also say that as a big part of our response, uh, we joined, we signed an external statement with Children's Minnesota alongside other executive leaders. So Mike Roman as our CEO stepped up within that regard overall. And we also saw him align with the Minnesota Business Partnership along other Minnesota business leaders calling for police reform, right, during uh, what was an upcoming special legislative session. So seeing that that action was, you know, offered, you know, me a lot of inspiration for what our future looks like. But being right in our backyard and seeing the effect on that and in our community, it's been um, extremely. And my my home is I live in Minneapolis and um, the where where George Floyd was killed is actually along a bike route that our family often would take. Um, so it's it was very close to us. We could smell the fit, the flames from the riots at night. Um, we participated in some um, nonviolent protests. Um, and we had a lot of, I'm a mother of three and we had a lot of, um, discussions, you know, as a family looking at things and, you know, bringing things to an awareness level that, um, maybe we hadn't enough previously. I think it was a really important time for us to be reading more and listening and seeking out different perspectives to stretching ourselves. And then in some cases sharing, you know, um, you know, some per perspectives that we've had um, with others. Uh, but it's been a really, um, it's, it's been a really noteworthy time for the entire Twin Cities, but absolutely for Minneapolis. Um, you know, the idea of hearing gunshots at night and, you know, on a regular basis and trying to navigate whether that was a gunshot or fireworks this summer has been, you know, really um, critical time and painful time, I think, for the city. And I'm really proud of 3M for stepping forward 
with the efforts that it's gone through, whether it's the funding that we've talked about, the 3M Social Justice Fund, the collaborative investments that Michael just referenced with children's, um, the listening sessions, um, and the and the and Garfield's appointment. I think there's a lot more that all of us um, can and need to be doing, but I think it's been a wake-up call um, locally right here in the Twin Cities. Well, well, I appreciate your very both of your very candid responses. So thank you. Um, in, in closing, I wanted to touch upon um, two words you use a lot. And I would love if you could provide any insights into these two words. Um, authenticity is used so often uh, for a company to activate its purpose. And obviously, 3M has been incredibly authentic about doing it. So both of you, one of you, whatever, any insights to making that authenticity to finding it, to bringing it to life and to living it in both your sustainability and your community engagement? I would think that it really goes back to some of the comments you made right at the beginning, Carol, where you talked about 3M is a hundred plus year old company coming up on 120 years. You know, we've done a lot of soul searching in that time. You know, there aren't that many companies that survive that long, let alone find new and innovative ways to reinvent and thrive in that time. I think it's, I think it, comes to doing some of the soul searching while you're striving to grow and build your business. And I think that some of the soul searching that I would say we do as a company, that authenticity, we've, we put a lot of effort into figuring out a compelling vision that was unique and authentic for 3M, whether that's that 3M technology advancing every company, 3M products enhancing every home, 3M innovation improving every life. And the way we did that through every company, every life, every home, that was based on an understanding of unique strengths that we have across the enterprise in technology and manufacturing and global capabilities and in the brand that we've built. We know that driving forward our business, we focus every day on priorities with our portfolio, with our business transformation, our innovation, and the foundation of our people and culture. That, that gets to those core values, that authenticity in, around diversity, inclusion, sustainability, and ha- always striving to do more and to do better. I think that it is a company where that culture, the values really come together in an authentic way. And we know that um, we're always striving to have it be build on the strengths that we have into something better for the future. What Gail describes is a growth mindset. And 3M gives my organization as a part of human resources. We work very closely with leadership development. And that focus on a growth versus a fixed mindset is really critical to being your true authentic self because you uh, think of that potential in the long run and you focus on that listening, that learning, and that growing overall. And so... um, that's that's the only thing I would add there. In closing, is there anything I haven't asked or something you want to add? I think we've been through a really tough year so far overall in so many, a variety of different ways. And it's been um, 
very interesting to see our company growing during this time. So thank you for asking all the, the great questions throughout the interview. So I want to thank both of you for incredible um, commentary and insights into 3M. I'd just like to ask my listeners um, if there's, you know, one to, you know, if there's anything that you want to um, suggest to us to improve the show, please let us know. Um, please go to um, give us some ratings because um, everybody loves the show, but then they don't have the time to go give it, you know, a rating. And I'd love that um, on iTunes or Spotify and other places. And lastly, you know, we're all in really, really hard times now. But what we've heard in conversation over conversation, that companies that truly have an embedded and activated purpose, they know where they're going. They know their North Star. There may be high seas and roiling waves, but by providing the clarity and commitment and just moving forward, and I love what you said, Mike, about having a growth mindset, that we will get to a better future. So thank you, Gail. Thank you, Mike. And I just want to ask our listeners, what is your purpose? 